so pumped for today um happy march if you're listening in real time um but if you ask me it's internal summer around here uh we are gonna get into june's birth today kindle just had her beautiful baby girl adding to her family and if you're listening to this when we drop it she is how many days exactly out from her birth? uh two weeks and a day two weeks and a day 16th and what is today March 3rd. Cool. Anyways. Yeah. So Anyways. two weeks in a day. <laughs> so two weeks, freshy, 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 smelling so good. Like that, just that newborn head. Oh if you gosh. guys have ever smelled. <laughs> just like a deep inhale of fresh human. Oh my gosh. Delicious. So we are going to get into uh, this birth and uh, I'm so excited for Kindle to be able to talk about how it differs from Levi's birth. If you've caught that, we recorded that a couple years ago and you can find it titled Kindle's birth story um, because that birth for Levi was in another country and in a hospital setting. And now June is happily in Houston and was birthed in a birthing center in a tub. And so Kindle's been able to experience both sides of that coin and is going to walk us through what that was like. Welcome, Kindle, to the stage Hello. of your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I was voice memoing Angela before we got on that I was so excited to do this. I didn't know. I mean, truly, I just put a question box out of like, what do people want to know about the birth? Because I'm like, is this tired? Are people like okay, we've heard enough about babies. Um, and so there were so many messages that were like, oh, we want a podcast. Like, can you talk about this on the podcast? Like you did Levi. And so we kind of just like sprang it up. We didn't have a plan to do this, but I was like, Angela, so the people are asking, let's do it. So, um, but I'm glad that we were kind of asked to do this because it's been really precious to have the audio of talking about Levi's birth, just because I feel like with big events, like having babies, weddings, moves, all the things you lose the potency of the event very quickly. Like, mm -hmm. and so unless you have it cataloged while you're in it, you kind of forget how it actually went and how you actually felt. And so I'm glad to have this audio later on just to be able to listen like for myself of what was that experience, you know? So thank you for holding space for us. Oh, yeah. Um, also, it, that reminded me that one of the coolest things that I feel like Kendall talked to me about June's birth was that she felt like June picked the kind of birth she was going to have. And I haven't announced this yet, but I am also pregnant and yeah, due yeah. with my second. And I mentioned that because as someone that is channeling a child that is um, in my womb, I know that feeling when it's like, you're making a choice in this time when you're pregnant 
that feels like it's your assignment given to you by your baby. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest yeah. thing. And and I don't know if you felt that as much with Levi, because I definitely feel more tuned in with this baby than I did with Wyatt. Uh, but that was always fascinating because you you told me that you felt drawn to a water birth, but you weren't sure why. And you felt like mm-hmm. she was telling you that. And you're like, I don't really have a grasp on why, but I just, I feel like that that's the fit for her. So, yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting. I don't know. And maybe people's experiences are different. I think when you have your first kid or at least in my situation, I feel like you have so much anxiety of just, I don't even know what this is going to be. And so I feel like there was less intuition with it and more just uh, figuring out how it was going to happen, you know? Yeah. And so I think with this one, having a bit more framework of generally I know what's gonna happen I was able to lead with less anxiety and and more just like okay what do I feel like is best for for me and you know my kid in this season you know yeah yeah I I fully admit my first when I was pregnant with Wyatt I did feel pretty disconnected because I was so in my Mm -hmm. head of like how is this everything feels new and so that is a um, a positive that I wasn't ex- expecting with this second healthy pregnancy to be like, oh, I kind of have removed that shock of, oh my gosh, I've never birthed a baby. I've never been pregnant. Mm-hmm. And and so you can kind of settle into that connection a little bit more. So let's and rock it's and a roll. trip. Yeah, yeah. it's oh. kind of a trip too, because for the first whole half of your pregnancy, like you don't feel anything. <laughs> You're not yeah. like feeling like kicks or, I mean, you can start like right before you hit halfway, but I'm just saying like for a large part of your pregnancy, especially with your first, you're just like, is like, is this happening? It's mm-hmm. hard for you to connect to something that feels like this is almost like made up. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, anyway, it was, it was a really cool experience having a second and kind of knowing the steps of what was going to happen, but yeah, let's get into it. All right, let's rock and roll. So let's start with the, the kind of the anticlimactic start of labor that we thought was going to kick off everything. And then June had other plans. Yes. Um, so that was really frustrating. So I went into labor nine days before I actually gave birth. Um, and was in intense enough labor that when I called my midwife, she was like, you need to come in. Like my contractions were close enough together. Um, and they, it kept me up all night. And so I, they started around like 4 PM. I was driving home from meeting with a friend and I started having them in the car and was just like, okay, this is just like a Braxton Hicks. Wasn't really whatever. And then they progressively got, stronger, stronger, stronger. And so by nine, I didn't want to be like the girl who cried wolf. You know, I'm like, I don't want to call unless this is serious, but it was enough that I was like, I can hardly speak. Like they were really strong. And so I called my midwife and she was like, come in. So we went to the birth center and she was monitoring my contraction. And she's like, okay, this is like happening, but you're going to need to try to just relax and continue to dilate, you know, like we're not in, you know, active, active labor yet. So we were there for 12 hours and I contracted all night and it was just really uncomfortable. And then in the morning she said, why don't you go home 
and see if this continues because it was just going really slow. And she was like, I feel like you'll be more comfortable if you're at home than just like sitting around at the birth center, right? And so we went home. I was still having contractions. And then by that afternoon, they just stopped out of nowhere and was like done. And so I was so frustrated and exhausted because I hadn't slept and was uncomfortable all night. And I, yeah, so they didn't come back. Like, so every day I was waking up being like, is this baby coming? You know, like, is it coming next week? Is it coming tomorrow? Like what? And it was honestly embarrassing for me. I know that this is silly because it's not like I'm choosing when I have birth, but it was embarrassing to me because I called my parents, you know, and was like, okay, can you get Levi? Like, this is the deal. Like get our bags. Like it was just such a, like, okay, we're having this baby. And so then to go into the birth center and have this whole thing. And then it just stopped was embarrassing to me because I was like, I feel like I have trained this whole year for a marathon or something. And then got everybody like, all right, grab your signs. Like we're about to go. And then I ran half the marathon and was like, just kidding. We'll try again next week. Yeah. And so I, and that was just something I put on myself that was silly, but then, so that happened. And then seven days later, I went into labor again And so at this point, I'm like not trigger happy with it at all. And granted, I had a unmedicated birth on my last one. So it's like, I know what contractions feel like. Like, this isn't me just being like, I have a Braxton Hicks and, you know, whatever. Right. So it was really intense again and through the night again. And so I didn't sleep, but I was like, I am not texting my midwife until this freaking head is like crowning or something because (laughs) I'm not doing this again. Yeah. And did that all night. So I just stayed up. I was like on the birth ball, uh, just reading and like on my phone or whatever. And I can't imagine the fatigue. I got to like, as someone that never contracted in their first birth, like Wyatt, I never got to that point. I just, he got yeeted out. And so I just can't imagine for 12 hours contracting and then pause for a couple of days. And then you start the whole thing over. Yeah. Again, and truly and then- just being like, is this going to stop again? Like, I don't even, I, I felt like it stole so much joy in that time because mm-hmm. I had texted like you and yeah. my other friend, like just being like, okay, the last time, like I'm going mm-hmm. into the birth center. Like Angela and I were supposed to record a podcast the yeah. next day when I originally went into labor. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to record the podcast. Like I've got to go in. And, um, so then it was just kind of like that where, and so something I want to say as a, just an aside was something that was really hard for me in my first birth and was hard with this one as well is when you feel rushed by other people, like it's really fine to like text and just be like, Hey, how are you feeling? Or like, what's going on? But I know it is so well-intended, but the texts that are like, why isn't she here yet? Or like, Mm -hmm. what's the deal? It makes you feel like- Like you're letting them down somehow. I'm letting someone down. You know what I mean? And I just got that a lot. And I really genuinely understand that's just like someone being in it with you and being excited and whatever. But I just want to put that as an aside because I'm sure I've done this to my friends, but now I won't because yeah, that's it interesting. Because me... I I made sure I didn't say that because I you were really I, good at that. You would just be I like, was how just are like, you feeling? I'm thinking or... about you. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm thinking about you. I like 
I now that I think about that, because my friends have told me that the same thing that they felt so uncomfortable that everyone's like, update, update, hello. And you're just like, I wish I had one. Yeah. And so I, yeah, so I was in labor again, labored through the night. Um, so that was like 12 to 14 hours and then they stopped again in the afternoon. And, um, and so I was just, again, like really let down, but just didn't tell my friends didn't tell my family. And that just made me feel like isolated, but also didn't want to get them involved to again, be like, all right, let's go to the marathon and then not happen. Okay. Now at this point, I do want to, I do want to give you some props because this is the point where you were at your wits end. You were broken down. You've now gone. No, I was in a really bad mental place. (laughs) Two false labors. I was feeling for you deep. I was like, oh my gosh, she's probably so, so impatient and just so ready to not be pregnant too. And then you Mm -hmm. said something so sweet and wise and a helpful reframe as I go into pregnancy that you were like, you know what? I am so frustrated and I'm so ready for this to be done, but I don't want to put an expectation on my unborn child because it's not going the way I thought. And Mm -hmm. you were navigating disappointment in her because things were start, stop, start, stop. And just, yeah, that was so sweet to me to put her at the forefront when you are the one that's just like in agony, in physical pain, emotional pain, mentally drained, not sleeping. And you were still like, you know what? She's leading me and I have to surrender to this because it's not fair if I don't. Yeah. And And that was really hard. Like it, it made me doubt my whole process. Cause like you had mentioned earlier, I felt intuitively led to a water birth from the get go. And I don't know if you guys remember, but with Levi's birth, having unmedicated, I was like, I don't think I'll ever do this again. Mm -hmm. So that was, it was not like, oh, this idealized like thing. It was, I'm not, no, I'm not doing this again. And then you told me that with, with when you decided to have an unmedicated birth with June, June, it was as if you were signing up to break both of your legs. Like you were like, that's the, the pain that I know is coming is absurd that I'm doing this again. Like, no, like, it made no I, sense. I honestly don't even know why I'm doing it again this way. No, oh. I was like, June. Yeah. So I just felt so intuitively led to that. And, you know, I don't think that, you know, in this whole story, I don't think that it's like, oh, like water birth is the way to go. Like, this is not the podcast of like, okay, I really, really loved it. And we'll get into that. But um, it's, it is a hard, pro- it, it is the whole thing is surrender. And that's really hard. And that also is not like if I had not felt so intuitively led to this, I wouldn't have fallen, like followed through because at that point when I, you know, had my second fall start, I was really disappointed in June. I was like, I thought we were together in this. Cause you know how the baby, the baby is like half, you know, they kind of trigger off, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they're ready to go. So it was right. my body continually trying to get this baby out and she's like nah and so I was just really I felt disappointed in her and I was like that is so unfair like this baby is not even here and I am having expectations of my kid already like as a parent and I think being you know like the little inner child in me is like you hate that feeling when your parents have expectations on you Mm -hmm. and feeling like you've disappointed them when you're just like doing your thing. And 
I was just like, how unfair to do this to June already. And so I really had to take a backseat and be like, I trust you. If you are not ready, like to come or, you know, like this is a very natural process, you know, when you're supposed to come and you know how you're going to come. And I just have to trust you and let you come into this world, however you choose. And, but it really was at that point that I was like, maybe this, maybe this was all a sham. Like maybe I don't don't do a water birth because I can't take this. I wanted her out. And so my, when I talked to my midwife about it, she was like, here's the deal. Typically in this situation, if you were in a kind of a hospital situation, they would just induce you. So she was like, this happens all the time where you have false starts. You just typically get induced because they're like, all right, you're already in labor. Like, let's go. And so a lot of people would have had labor that started and stopped. They just would have been induced, which I was induced with Levi. So like, I don't think there's anything, you know, like that's great. Um, But it was interesting to realize how normal that was that I was experiencing, but I was just going in kind of an untraditional route. So I was experiencing it different. Um, But yeah, so I finished labor with that. And at that point was just like, really like, okay, we're just making it day to day. I was just super disappointed. And so then, and we didn't say this, but June was on time. Like she definitely was in the range in which she was going to be born. Yeah. I was, I was 40 weeks the week she was born. So it's not like it just that I went into labor like week 38 or 39. And so I was just like, all right, she's here. Like, let's go. Right. And then she didn't. (laughs) So it's so uncomfortable to, to, to not know if it's going to be that day or in a week and a half. You're just like, how am I supposed to just be well, in this like truly fall? Every day I was preparing for, okay, I'm going to bring a human home. Like the house needs to be clean. Okay. Right. The laundry needs to be taken. Like I'm preparing for this huge transition every day. And then it doesn't happen. And I'm like, well, I could have gone to lunch or yeah. I could have like done this podcast or, you know, whatever it is. And so the waiting game is really mentally hard like for whatever yeah anyone who's pregnant like feels my mom also said my mom also said she goes it I know it sounds ridiculous when but when you're in this crunch time you feel like you're going to be pregnant forever you're like well they're just not coming out then no it's so ridiculous because even now as I'm talking about it I'm like Kendall chill out like (laughs) even having to like talk about how I felt whatever two and a half weeks ago I'm like sis it's not that bad but in the moment I really was like I just screw it all like send me in and get me a c-section like this baby needs to come out like, yeah what is she doing it feels eternal it feels like you'll never get out of the stage of just like you're almost birthing her yeah so Woo-hoo. okay yeah so now so anyway. okay so now we're in okay so now we're on the third the third time's a charm and things are actually mm-hmm. mo- moving and grooving Yeah. So the third time I was in like pretty low grade. um, Now you're at like a four ish dilated, right? Yeah. So I, I went in for my appointment. So Tuesday was when I have my like second false start Thursday, which um, I can't remember what day was it was yeah, let me that it was it like Valentine's day. Valentine's day was like Tuesday. two days before. Yeah. So it was yeah. Tuesday. So when I was having like my false start, I was like, 
I do not want this baby born on Valentine's we Day. About that. We like, listen, stay in there. Since no, I already- truly was like, maybe I'm selfish, but I was like, that's mommy's day. Like, I'm sorry. We're not waking up on Valentine's Day. And instead of me getting flowers, you get balloons. Like, and you can have like, your day two days later. partners, too. Like, for her partner in the future to just be like, surprise, here's your Valentine's and birthday gift. No, exactly. Which Clint was even saying. He was like, that'd be so nice for, like, whoever she marries. Like, it would just be two birds with one stone. I'm like. Okay, lazy. No. <laughs> okay, cheap. <laughs> okay, cheap. <laughs> like, no. You can love her twice, okay? Um, so, yeah, I was I was very much not wanting her on Valentine's Day. Um, so maybe she heard me and was like, okay, really, mom, bitch, yes. you're mad that I didn't come on this second false start when you literally told me not to come out on Valentine's Day. Real cute. Um, so yeah, so the, on Thursday, which is the day I actually had June, I had an appointment already scheduled with my midwife. And so I went in and she was like, okay, let's do a membrane sleep and just see if that like really gets this going because she was like, you're, you're already at like, it was like a four and a half dilated when I went in. So I went in for my appointment and she said, my midwife said, bring your bags with you Got because it. just be ready to have this baby, like make all the preparations. She was like, you're not going to go home without having a baby because of where your body's at and like what's going on. So when I was like, okay, okay, great. Um, still doubting it, but being like, all right, we'll, we'll prep. So we bring everything in. She does a membrane sweep. I'm in very low grade, um, contractions, nothing major, nothing like I had been experiencing. And so, and she told me, she was like, yeah, the, your hours of, um, laboring weren't wasted. Like you're already almost halfway to being fully dilated. And so if anything, like this is going to make the birth so much easier while you're here yeah. and you were able to get sleep in between, which did make me feel like, okay, like all right, something Jim. was productive. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. wait. <laughs> quickly let's tell the people how you she she had to be manually turned (laughs) (laughs) um i just want to stop scaring people or i guess not stop scaring people but i personally i've never experienced this but i had a lot of fear at the idea of someone having to manually turn my baby if they were breech oh my god i was terrified yeah so okay everything we could just I could go on and on about I know I feel I like really, June's little personality was in the womb but June I, I felt I felt really the entire pregnancy really uh like I knew her like just her essence and I feel like she's a very soft and gentle person but like I she was breached up until week I think it was like 37 and so Um, my midwife was like, okay, we need to have her manually turn. And I truly knew I was like, I think she just was taking her sweet time. And then it got too tight in there. Like (laughs) she's like, "Uh she just was like, cause I would feel her like kind of try and she, cause like, and she, yeah, (laughs) I feel like she was like, "Mm, tomorrow we'll try as it's just getting like tighter and tighter. I mean, this mother effer was nine pounds coming out. Okay. Like oh, I think she I just didn't have room. Also so, like your kids are comfy in there. Like if there's any similarity between the two births, it's like they were in no rush to come out. 
No, they were eating good. They were like, I'm, I'm all set. I'm staying in here for the free bread. Like I'm not, I'm not getting exited. Especially I was like living in the bath the entire pregnancy. They're like, I am doing I'm great. good. Yeah. I'm good. Like bubble baths and Chick-fil-A on repeat. Yeah. Not leaving. So, uh, when she told me they were going to have to do a manual flip, I was like, yeah, she's just, she, I felt like she was going to be very compliant with it. Um, cause she was just so calm in the womb, which was very different than Levi. Levi was breach unbreach, breach unbreach. Like he was literally doing flips all the way up until the birth. Um, but with her, she was just like, didn't even move, like was in the same position. Her heart rate was always like really low. So my midwife was like, yeah, she's just chill. Like she is yeah. chilling, like in there, like smoking a doobie, like cannot be bothered. Why it was so, like that. He didn't move around much. And I didn't even realize the difference. Cause when you've only, when you're only have the first baby in there, you're just like, oh, surely they all have the same movements. No, not at all. This second baby is no. like, boo, 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 boo. like, no, so I didn't know. I mean, wiggly. Yeah. Levi, I, with him in the womb, I would have to, at the end, like push him back into the middle of my stomach because he would push his feet on one end and like yes. hang off literally the side of my body. He just was so active the entire pregnancy. She was not like, yeah. there would be times where I'm like, is she okay in there? And then she would just like move a little bit. And the only time she ever like really kicked or got mad was when I was in the car with a seatbelt. Like she didn't like the, <laughs> the pressure <laughs> of a seatbelt on her. Like that was it. So yeah. So she said we had to do a manual flip. I was super nervous. I made the mistake of going to the internet and asking for advice. Um, and was just like, okay, I have a manual flip. I'm nervous. Has anyone had experience with this? And uh -oh. people are flooding in the comments being like, I had a manual flip. They had to, uh, put me on morphine. Oh, um, I had to get an epidural for mine. like just, uh, I was terrified going in. And so, when I went in, she, I, but I still, I really did intuitively feel like, I think she's just going to do it. Even though people had scared me, I was like, I think she's just going to flip. And my midwife said, when you come in, um, bring wine and just have a glass of wine, like 15 minutes before we do this. And she was like, this is going to be so much better for your baby than like hard drugs. Like you're oh, yeah. fine to have a glass of wine. Well, I'm just saying, because when I've told other people, they're like, you had wine. So flip your baby. Um, but, but yeah, so I had a glass of wine. Clint was with me. He was like, absolutely chilling. Like so pumped that we were, cause I haven't had wine in my, like throughout my pregnancy. And so he was just like, oh my gosh, let's like make a date. Like he went to the store and was excited to like pick out a bottle. I'm like, I don't care. We're going in for a flip. Like you can get Francia and pour it down my throat. Like yeah. I don't care, <laughs> but he's like trying to make this into like a romantic thing. He's like, we could sit on the porch and like, he brought like real glasses. I'm like, you're so precious. Okay. So we had, um, a glass of wine and then went for the manual flip. It was like 60 seconds. It was so easy. And it, I started laughing really hard. Like when she did it, because it was, you know, when you think something's going to be really bad and the relief of this was not a big deal. It like 
floods you with relief that like comes out as laughing. Like, I don't yes, know if that happened to me. No, that. yes, I absolutely have. When I got my IUD inserted, it was the worst, it was worse than my C-section. It was the worst pain I've ever been in, in my life. I've heard that. Yes. Ugh. And some people don't, they said it was fine. Like it felt like a, like a pap smear cramp. No, I blacked out. They had to throw a towel on me. Anyways, when I was getting my IUD out, I was so afraid because I was like, the putting it in was the worst pain I've ever had in my 32 years. Well, no, at the time, whatever, 30 years. Yeah. That when she pulled it out, I was talking to her. I was like, hey, you know, I really feel nervous. And she pulled it out while I was talking and I finished my sentence. And I was like, okay, so like, can you just warn me? And she was like, oh, it's out. And I started like laughing like a maniac. Oh, yes. (laughs) And she was like, are you okay? I'm like, no. So I was so easy. (laughs) I'm hysterically laughing on the table. And she thought I was drunk. Because I had had the glass of wine. I'm like laughing so hard. And she was like, that was the easiest flip I've ever done. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then June in there, such a lush. I've had one glass of wine. She's in there. She's like trying to do a sonogram to like make sure that she's in the right position or whatever. June's in there with the hiccups. (laughs) Like (laughs) the whole thing was so funny to me that I just could not stop laughing. And I swear to you, she was like, what a lightweight. Like you can't handle one glass of wine. Like you're really having a good time here. Um, So yeah, so we left and she stayed down the whole, you know, the rest of the time. But I will say that, that I've heard that it's worse with hospital situations because they're so aggressive with it, where she was just really, I don't know, like kind of working with the baby. So I think there might be different experiences depending on what you do. So I can't say that that would be everyone's, but I have also heard if you need to get a flip, you can actually go in and just work with a midwife for that one procedure. So that might be something if anyone has a baby, because people ask me after like, Hey, I'm having a hospital birth, but you know, I, your experience sounded really good. How do I do that? And so some midwives will just book you for an appointment for a baby flip that's a lot more um gentle and non-medical so put that in your back pocket if you ever need that but um yeah so okay so I get okay so you're yeah so you've done the membrane sweep yes I've done the membrane sweep and she gives me this is listen I do be loving this part my midwife is super crunchy Um, she's medical, she's, she's medically trained and really, really good at the medical side, but she's also like really quirky and crunchy. And I love it. Like one time when Clint wasn't with me at my appointment, we started talking about aliens. Like I just, I'm into it. So she was like, I'm going to give you this like witch's brew of, herbs and spices and whatever I literally pictured her like going back and like going to a cauldron like I'm in her doctor's office and she's like concocting something in this like back area and she comes out and it's like in a tea mug and was like all right drink this and then we'll you know see what what happens so it's all natural, but I'm, I'm into it. I'm like, absolutely. I, but I've also been drinking like the red, whatever raspberry tea and having all of these herbs this whole time, like trying to get her out. So I'm like, okay, listen, your little teacup isn't going to do anything for me. Um, so drank it immediately go into labor. Yo, you you were like, I stand corrected. She's going to give me more in an hour and things are moving. No. 
So I was like, all right, we are having this baby. So I, yeah, I finished it and I've gulped it all down. And she was like, all right, you want to try She doesn't know I've finished it in like 30 seconds. She's like, you want to try to get it all down within like 15 minutes? Like, I know it tastes better, whatever. I was like, it's already gone, sis. Like we're (laughs) like, I'm ready to go. Like I've had four loco, like this is fine. Your little witch's <laughs> brew is great. Um, she was like, oh yeah, some people just like really don't like it. I'm like, it's fine. So I drank that within probably like 20, 30 minutes, my contractions go up dramatically, but I am chilling. Okay. So like I'm uncomfortable, but my labor that I had had those two other days were so much worse than this. And so we're just watching a movie like now you're explain the room to me. So it's you and Clint in this room with the midwife. There's a mm-hmm. bed and a bath and it's overlooking a farm. Correct. Yes. So the, the birth center that I chose, uh, there's only a few in Houston, so there's not like a ton to choose from, but the one that I chose, I really liked because she only takes a few clients at a time. So you're the only one giving birth at any given time where a lot of other birthing centers, like there could be like four people giving birth at the same time. And I know this sounds so silly, but I just really didn't want someone else hearing me labor. Like Mm, I was just like, mm -hmm. I don't want to hear someone else laboring. I don't want, you know, I just, I wanted the privacy of like that. So the birth center is a, like a hundred something year old farmhouse that they converted into this like beautiful birth center so and I liked that it wasn't kitschy one of my other friends was talking about how she's looking for a birth center and she was like they're all just so kitschy like Mm -hmm. it just is so cringy it's like very live laugh love vibes and um I did feel and I don't think there's anything wrong with that I just I wanted a birth center for it to feel really homey. And so I didn't want something where I'm like, oh gosh, you know? Um, And so it's just very plain, good bones. Um, So her office is in the front area. Like there's a waiting room and then an office. And then you go back to the back of the house and there's two different rooms you can choose from. And the room that I was in just, yeah, it looks like a house. Like it has a fireplace. It had a bed um, in a regular bathroom with like a big tub, a shower, you know, whatever. And then, but yeah, it's on a farm. So like, even in my, uh, appointments with her, I would get like fresh eggs from her chickens. Like if she was not taking a client, she was truly tending animals. Like it was so badass. She had like horses, goats, like everything. The, her, uh, mama goats on the farm had like given birth the week that I did. So there was like five day old goats, like running in the back while I'm laboring. It was so cute. Um, I know that's not for everybody, but it was so fun. So I'm, I'm straight chilling. Uh, we brought this like big bag of birth snacks and we're just like plowing through and we're like, are we going to even make it to like the actual birth with these snacks? Like I'm eating freaking, you know, frozen strawberries and Okay, so that's actually, that's the first big distinction I want to make from a water home birth, uh, birthing center birth and a hospital. In a hospital, from my knowledge, they don't allow you to eat anything. Like, it's ice chips only. They're like, here's some ice chips. Ice chips only. Go into war. Yeah, so that, just the idea of you just like lounging with snacks sounds amazing. (laughs) I will say, like, I, again, it's like whatever you feel intuitively led to, but 
the birth center was freaking awesome. Like it, so they say that labor is really, um, the pain of labor actually has to do with your resistance to it. Like the more, uh, fear you have or anxiety or whatever, the chemical that is released when you have that makes the pain of your contractions worse. So that's why they try to like do the breathing exercises and stay calm or whatever. It isn't just to mentally make it through. It's like, it actually makes it easier on your body. Um, and so I think I was just so calm, like, we're yeah watching a movie chilling I'm just like bouncing on the ball like Clint was laughing at me because she went and checked me again and she was like oh yeah you're six and a half and I was like what I could not believe it I thought she was joking because I was like I had I contract like or I dilated two more centimeters and I've just been like eating Cheetos essentially not even known yeah no it, it and it wasn't like I said it wasn't that intense thing that I had experienced in the two other times of labor that were way worse. So, um, and it was really relieving to me because I remember with Levi going from a four to a six was like, I was on my hands and knees like begging for an epidural. And they're like, it's too late. Like this isn't, you're not getting an epidural. So the fact that I made it to a six and a half and was just feeling completely fine so I texted my doula and I'd been working with a doula since about probably like six months, five or six months pregnant. Um, and she does like cupping and massage and stuff like that. And so I, I booked her more for, um, pre birth than the actual birth. So I know some people are just like, Oh, I want someone who's encouraging at the birth, but I knew that Clint was such a good birth partner that I didn't really need that. But what I did need was someone in my corner throughout my birth. who was like checking in on me. And so, uh, because I had a lot of, uh, like motherhood wound stuff from my experience with Levi, like just with the birth and being out of the country and like not having a support system and stuff. I just had a lot of emotional stuff that I was trying to work through in this pregnancy that I really wanted to set myself up for success as much as I could. And the mental aspect of the whole journey of just being like, okay, someone is checking in on me. Someone's supporting me. Someone's like, if they see anything that's going on, they can help me work through it. You know? So, uh, I texted her and just said, Hey, like we're at the birth center. There's really nothing for you to do yet. So, cause I didn't want her to come in and be fatigued by the time we actually got to birth, you know, like, yeah. and I also wanted the privacy. Clint and I were just hanging out. And so I, I didn't want to feel like I was like entertaining someone. Like I just felt great having this kind of private experience with Clint where I really wasn't in that much pain. So I'm like, I don't want someone like massaging me right now, you know, like that would feel so ridiculous. So, um, but I said, I'm at a six and a half and she was like, I really think I should come in. Like, if you don't want me there, that's fine. But this is like, you're pretty far. And I'm like, I we're chilling. So the midwife comes in, this is about probably six. And she said, okay, I just want to prepare you. This baby will be out by eight. And I was like, there's no way. I mean, I really, I couldn't, I'm like, okay. And she was like, no, this baby will be out by eight. 
I'm like watching what's going on or whatever, you're fine. But I hadn't even hit active labor yet. I'm having contractions, but it's not that intense. Like, oh my gosh, I'm riding the wave. And this is like biting down on a leather strap kind of thing. So she said, why don't you get in the bath and just like, because my contractions were getting a little bit more intense at that point, but still very manageable. And she was like, why don't you get in the bath and just relax again? I'm thinking everyone's being ridiculous right now. Like I'm still fine. So I get in the bathtub. We like, you know, fill it up or whatever. At this point, um, Clint is like, let me pour you a glass of wine. Cause that was something that she had suggested for birth too. She was like, when you're getting close to the end, um, cause I didn't want any medical intervention. She also didn't have anything. Like there was no availability of that at the birth center. You could do like laughing gas. Um, if you wanted, you know, like when you go to the dentist or whatever, and they like put it on your nose to just calm you down. That's, it's not a painkiller, but it's like chills you out, I guess. That was the only option she had there. So she was like, just bring a glass of wine. You know, it, it really helps relax you. It helps relax baby. Things will go really smooth. So I'm at, yeah, six and a half. I get in the bath. I have a glass of wine with Clint and she comes in and is like, okay, uh, does a check in the water. And now, says, are you are you naked? Are you in a swimsuit? Are you? I am in a swimsuit top, no bottom. Got um, it. Because bear. Yeah. So, and I have a towel at this point. I have a towel like in the water over me because I'm like, yeah. I don't. I'm, yeah. I, I'm private with that, but like sure. they're doing so many manual checks. Yeah. That I have to have. Yeah. Like of my pants off. Yes. So. um, but like, listen, when you are that freaking pregnant, you're like, part of me is like, please, no one look at me. And also kind of that thing of like, you know, the guy, when you have a neighbor, like if someone has like 10 extra pounds on them, like some dude, he's like not going to be out working on his yard without a shirt. But if you have a pot belly, it's like 100% the shirt is coming off. Like there's yeah. no shame anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's how you feel when you get that pregnant. You're like, I Whatever. am both. Yeah. Please don't look. And also like, who cares? You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I am the eighth world wonder, like go ahead and take a peek. So I, yeah. So she's doing manual check and she's like, okay, um, you wear your water. So I'm contracting, I'm at a, like, mm, still like not maybe like a seven. And so I hadn't contracted much or, uh, dilated much in the last, um, like hour or so. And so I was like, oh, there's no way this baby's coming out by eight. And she said, okay, where your water, um, your water sack is it's bulging. She was like, can I like put essentially like put my fingers in there and move it so that it can break. And so I was like, yeah, like, that's great, whatever. And so she just moved it over immediately. It broke. And, um, but I'm in the bathtub. Yeah. So one of the most mortifying, I don't know why, but one of the most mortifying things of my birth with Levi was they manually broke my water with him, but I was on a hospital bed and they broke it and there's just water going everywhere. I'm literally like waddling from the bed to the shower like there's just so much water coming out and it just kept coming out and then they'd like put a pad 
on me. And then I would like soak through that. I just, the whole thing was like really mortifying to me for some reason. And, um, so I, when the fact that it broke in the water was also so nice because it was just like, it's clear water coming out in clear water. And I just got to like, let it fully drain, nice. uh, without it being, you know what it's I like, mean? Without yes, it being something yeah. other people are like looking you at. You can't even or, see. Yeah. No, like you can't see. And I couldn't feel it. Like it just was like, she could tell that it popped when she moved it. I couldn't even feel it. And so I was yeah. just like slowly deflating <laughs> and of my water, but like it's in the water, yeah, which is sterile. So I uh, ended up like, at that point, the water was getting colder too. So I drained the tub fully, filled it up with water again. But while the water is, oh, so while the water's filling, I text my doula and say, hey, um, my water just broke. I think just come in whenever, like maybe 15 minutes you leave your house. She is maybe like a 20 minute drive from the birth center. So I'm like, take your time, get in whenever. I think I still am not in active labor. So I'm like, we've got time, but just maybe if you're here in the next like half hour or so. She's like, I'm sorry, your water broke and I'm not there. Like things are going fast. I'm like, you're really good. Like just come. So while the tub is filling, I'm like, oh shit. Oh, she's we like have coming. like hit the transition. Like, yeah. so <gasps> I immediately go into like extreme active labor. Like, oh my gosh, I feel like I can feel it through the screen right now. Just like, yeah, that feeling of it, like, we're here, we're here. <laughs> it was happening. What? It was wild. But again, I was in really intense active labor with Levi for like six hours. And so I hit these first contractions and I'm like, oh no. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm going to be doing this for hours. Like, and so I immediately am like, okay, don't panic. Don't panic. I'm like trying to breathe through. I'm grabbing Clint's hands and going through the contractions, just like trying to breathe, but also legitimately trying to be like, I don't want to be a baby right now because these feel really freaking intense, but Mm -hmm. uh, what if I'm just (laughs) like at the beginning and they're like, all right, Kendall, like chill. But I'm like, this feels really freaking intense. So I'm grabbing Clint's hand through the contraction. So I'm like trying to stuff it down to not look like a baby in front of, at this point there's, so there's the midwife and then she has a birthing assistant there. Uh, It was the first time me meeting her. And so it's like also a new person. Like I'm comfortable with my midwife and I'm like, okay, there's this other person and I don't want her to think I'm a baby. So um, she's there and then my doula, Clint is there and then doula's on her way at this point. So I'm squeezing Clint's hand and like trying to stay quiet in the bathtub. So my position is, um, I am, it's a big oval bathtub and I am leaned over the side. So like my chest down is in the water, but I'm leaning my elbows on the side and like holding Clint's hand. So I'm, uh, and he, so he's in a chair holding my hands from like sitting on the chair and he's just like being great. He's like, okay, let's breathe, you know, whatever. So I'm at one point I look down and I, I get out of a contraction and I release my hand from Clint and my hands hurt 
And so I look at Clint. I was like, I'm so sorry. Am I breaking your bones? And he's like, babe, this is about you right now. Like, (laughs) don't worry about it. (laughs) You're good. His hands are literally purple. And I go, oh my gosh. So this is, we've now been in contractions for only about 10 minutes. Okay. Like this is just started. And I go, oh my God. Oh my God. Like I'm feeling the urge to push. And I, I was like, there's no way there's literally no way. Like, and, uh, she's like, you know, kind of checking me or whatever. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I feel her head literally like drop into the canal. <gasps> and I'm like, there's no, there's no way. Like, like, cause the duration of time no is like what? Five to 10 minutes. The train, the, the tub yeah. was draining. You're I went from a six to a 10 and like less than 30 minutes oh my gosh so which shows you like the intensity of that feeling but I was like there's just no way that I'm here like no way and so I feel her head hit the canal and I'm like it was the most intense like I'm like tearing up for no reason (laughs) I'm like reliving it. I I can feel everything, but the the water is so nice because there's no gravity to like to my body weight. So I think when I was when I was having Levi's birth, because I was in the hospital, I was literally on all fours on the ground. Like that was just it was so primal, but that's what felt good to me. The feeling that I had was like here's contractions, but there was so much weight on my, like my hands and my knees and whatever, like I'm feeling pressure in a lot of different places from being in that position for so long. So it was really interesting being in the water where there's no pressure on your body outside of the baby. So I could like literally feel every thing that the baby was doing that I didn't experience with Levi. And so her head drops in and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I think it's happening. I think it's happening. The most intense like uh, I get like so I contract for like 10 more minutes I'm like my my doula walks in and she's like she doesn't know what's happening and so she walks in she goes hey friend and I'm like literally mid pushing this baby out so she got a text 30 minutes ago that hey my water broke she arrives baby is coming out Oh my gosh. So she's like, hey, friend. And I'm like, like literally like so primal. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And they're like, you can do it. Like you're already doing it. This baby's coming out. I'm like, I can't. I her head was so big. Okay. I believe she's nine. (laughs) She's nine pounds. And we we, and her head is 97 percentile. Okay. Oh my God. Her body is like. less than 70 percentile okay it's the head I feel like she's just all head and I was like I can't I can't I can't I can't I can't so I'm pushing and so she just jumps right in and it's like oh my god okay okay so Um, you're like fully crowning like baby yes baby baby is in like the when she comes in and she gets in position literally my do my midwife is like you can do this. I promise you can do this feel and puts my hand down and like 
for me to feel her head coming out. Did that help? Because I would figure that would help just to be like grounding you to the experience or is it freaky? I think, well, too, they're like, their heads, when they're coming out, they're like so uh, like, you know how like with pugs, like if- (laughs) (laughs) I didn't expect that to be coming out of your mouth. But you know how like with pugs like if you you can like jumble their little fat like it's like rolls like oh, just oh, oh, oh. you know what I mean like it, there's so much pressure with their head coming out yes. that it's like they're I all see. their skin wrinkles. on their yes. head wrinkles yes, yes, yes. got it so there's a lot of like wrinkled oh. ridges on the top so when sure. she has me feel it's literally like, like oh. I'm like <laughs> I'm giving birth to a raisin like I I Okay. So she's coming out and I'm thinking there is, is her, is she sunny side up? Like is her eyes, like she's coming out facing you or she, when I felt it, it was like her, like just the The top top of her head, like the ridge of the head. Like I don't have, there's no eyes. There's no like whatever, but it, when you contract, like when they get to that point, when you contract it, like pushes them out, pushes them back in, pushes them out, oh, pushes them back in, okay. and then they come out. So like, you're actually contracting there with them coming out for like a little bit. Okay. This is what was crazy to me about having it in the water was in during this transition was that when I was in the hospital, they were coaching me through pushing. Like they were like, all right, here comes another contraction push. Mm -hmm. And they were like, push with all your might. It was so crazy because it's such a, um, I didn't realize how much your body knows what to do until this experience, because I genuinely like hardly pushed. It was like, this is going to be a weird analogy, but you know, when you're sick with something like you have, um, food poisoning or something like that. And when you throw up, it's involuntary. You're like, it's like pumping your stomach out and you're like, Oh, like you can't stop it. There's not anything you're doing. Yeah. That is what your body is doing to push the baby. I did not physically push. Yeah. It felt like the same feeling what your stomach does to like pump your stomach out was the same feeling going down. It was like, so bizarre. And it was pushing the baby out for me. So I, which I think really helped with the pain too, because I, it was, it it was crazy. It was like really, 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 really painful. But like, it was, my body was doing the work for me. I just had to like sit there and like allow it to happen, which felt out of body. Like it was wild. So um, yeah, so- baby like starts coming out and something that I really appreciate was how calm the whole situation was like in the hospital when Levi was coming out he had the cord wrapped around his neck and they were like panicked they were like hold on don't push anymore like there's like nurses going like it just was like you're and it filled me with so much adrenaline of like oh like you're already giving birth and you're like is my child okay so she's I'm at this point, I'm on my back in the water because she's coming out. So I get on my back and she goes, okay, I'm going to need you. Cause she knew that I was allowing my body to push the baby out. But she was like, Hey, 
on this contraction, I'm going to need you to push, okay? For this contraction, cord is wrapped around the baby's neck. We just need to get it off. And I was like, okay. And she was like, okay, let's really push with this one, okay? And then so I pushed and she had to like unwrap the cord really fast around June's yeah, neck. Yeah, she's in and then she's scooted back Right, in. so yeah. she's like essentially getting like suffocated by this cord. And um, so, yeah, so then she helps like pull her shoulder out. And then the I was gonna whole say, baby comes yeah, out. I was going to say, after that head, I'm sure Oh my God, like, after the head, the rest was like... <laughs> So she comes out and like, it was freaking wild. So from the time that my water broke to the time she came out was like 45 minutes. Wild. So the whole thing was so crazy because it was so painful, but it was like, I only had that extreme pain for like less than an hour. Yeah. Which was. It was so amazing, Angela, because it was like, this is what I wanted the whole time. And I wouldn't have had that if I hadn't stalled. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I hadn't had all these like false starts and all these things, like I had the most like beautiful, easy, like birth experience, but because I like trusted my body and I almost didn't. And I'm not saying that that means like, if you trust your body that, you know, you, you, that's what happens, but it was just like, oh my gosh, like June, you knew what you were doing the whole time. Like, and just like the relief that Levi at this stage of pain was six hours. And you thought that you were buckled into that. I thought I was like, I was was like, buckle in, we're in here for six hours. And I thought the relief of it being going to fry. Like the relief of 45 minutes and you're like, she's here. That was it. Like, no, not, I know not that was I it. Know. Cause obviously. No, like, totally. Totally. But- it was, yeah, it was crazy. But I was like, oh my gosh, she's our, I just, I couldn't believe my brain could not catch up. Like the fact that I went into active labor and then felt her in the canal within 15 minutes. I was like, this can't be real. Like I must be making this up in my head. And, um, but she just was like doing it. Like she was doing it. And so whenever she came out, they kept the cord connected to her. Mm -hmm. And this is really wild. I just think the freaking, the human body is so incredible. So one of the things I was nervous about with water birth was like, is she going to, is she going to come out and not be able to breathe? And, um, she, the midwife was like, well, she's in ambiotic fluid, like in, you know, the stomach. So when they come out in the water, they're still breathing through um, the umbilical cord. But she said that the minute the baby takes the first breath, so like when you bring them out of the water, there is a valve that permanently closes in a point second. Yes. That makes okay, it just... go from like being a frog to like a human in one yes. second. I just read about this um, because babies often come out purple uh, water or not, I think, but maybe not with June, but a lot of times babies do come out purple, but it's because they're circular, ter- circular, wait, <laughs> I can't say that. Circular- circulatory. Now you're yes. like making me down. No, I know. It's like circulatory yes. system. Yeah. Their system is like switching over from frog to person. So it's, it's mm-hmm. like doing a scan and it can take anywhere from like one second to a couple minutes, depending on the baby. 
but like it's all normal and totally fine but just but the isn't wild that so way crazy that they are like, like preloaded to air yeah. yes like crazy. preloaded they've never had a thing of air in a second and then all it like a valve closes i'm like this is such divine, divine. like design you know what i mean also wow. sorry to any like actual medical people that were like that you're going this, from this frog system. to human <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so that was just like so crazy so they put her on my chest and she was just like literally could not be bothered they they were checking her like they checked her heart rate not even raised she was just like you called they oh put my her on gosh. my chest and she just was like chilling immediately snuggling like just like and we're both underwater like so her head is on my chest above water but like her body's still in the water and also so they how put, nice like, too a, to like wipe her off so she's just like not slimy yeah there were several things throughout my experience where I was like oh right this is why like it was just the birth exactly the birth I wanted and I'm so glad I just like trusted my gut feeling with that you know and yeah so they just like put her on my chest she was on my chest for like you know whatever like 45 minutes birth the placenta I was like so scared when they were like she was like all right the placenta's like we need to birth this I'm like I can't birth anything else with this it was just the recovery was night and day. Like it, it is almost been shocking to me how okay it's been and how much better I feel. As someone that's not experienced an unmedicated birth, I've been looking, I've been reading into it just out of curiosity. I'm currently not like, like thinking that that's going to be the path I go, but I did read recovery from someone that didn't have any Pitocin or epidural or anything like that tends to be better overall. So like mm-hmm. just yeah. your body like will heal you. Not saying it's not painful because what you know to me is like a bowling yeah. ball coming out. No, literally, yeah. I know so, one of my friends said, so you birthed a 10 pound dumbbell. Got yeah. it. I'm like, don't ever talk to me about my vajay again. <laughs> like, um, but um, yeah, just the idea of also just being home so soon after you have a baby sounds really like relieving to me the idea mm-hmm. of just like not having to be do the hospital checks and all of that no it was so nice like they literally so they checked on me for the first couple hours and then um they would just like there was just a normal like king size bed in there um, Clint and June went to sleep. I could not go to sleep because I had so much. So she was born, you know how we said she was like, she'll be out by eight. And I'm like, mm-hmm. she was born at seven 55. <laughs> so, uh, our little Aquarius baby. Um, so she was born at seven 55 and then by like probably nine, they were kind of finished with everything of like kind of wrapping up. They had taken her way, done all of her stuff. Uh, uh, stitched me up and uh yeah and so my my uh doula went home I got a few more checks and then everyone was just like went to bed like she left and was like I'll be back in just a little bit to check on you I was wired I yeah. could not sleep and you know that feeling when you first have a freshie you're like every sound she made I'm like you're gonna die like I yeah. need to stay up and just watch you so I just was chilling and like eating the rest of the birth snacks and 
Like, no, I, I hear you hundred percent when Wyatt was born afterwards, I had a emergency C-section, but afterwards Nick was, we just went through like panic and such a quick turnover that after he was born and went to the NICU, Nick was like crashed. He was like, like it was just yeah. so draining. And I was strapped to a magnesium drip and I had these like blood pressure cuffs on my thighs. And like, it was just an, it was, I had a catheter. Like there was, yeah, so many- you're like, I'm not going to just casually go to sleep right now. Yes. I had to get my blood taken every hour. So th- there was things that were making it really hard for me to sleep anyways, but I was wired. I was yes. like, there is no way I could be in the comfiest bed and really have none of this. And still just the, I don't know, just the the sheer magnitude of what you just experienced is like nothing else. Yeah. So I was flying high. Like, so when she came in, she did like a check in the morning at like seven. And that was right before we were leaving. I hadn't slept. Like I was, I was just like, hello. Um, and so she did a few more things and then we packed our stuff up and Clint was like, we're, this is like romance to me. He's like, cause I like Chick-fil-A breakfast, but mm-hmm. I hate Chick-fil-A coffee. Mm, and okay. so this is like the bougiest thing, but it's like, I Clint often will get a coffee like, from somewhere else. Yes. 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 yes so, yes. but uh, this is a private language. thing I do. There's no <laughs> way I could ask Clint to do that. Like, yeah. and so that's something that I would do. And then like hide, like I need to finish my freaking Chick-fil-A before I get home with my Starbucks. Like I can't come home with two different restaurants, which is so ridiculous, but it's just whatever. It's the truth. It's the truth. And so Clint was like, okay, we're going to stop at Chick-fil-A and Starbucks. And I was like, God, I know you love me. Um, <laughs> and so I'm literally like coming home just with like bag. Yeah. Big bag of Chick-fil-A and like Starbucks bag mm. in the other hand and this new baby. And anyway, so it was great. And then I think it was so cool using a midwife too, because she came to our house. I think it was like two days later to do the, the first, my first post-op yeah. and it was so nice like she came to our house with all the medical supplies and like got her first you know her blood draw her like everything while we were just like outside she would she did the blood draw from her foot like while I was breastfeeding so that she could you know like stay calm while she was doing it was just all very organic and maybe that's like really too crunchy for some people but it just felt like I felt so held in that time and that it's like, I don't even have to get out of the house. You know, she came to me and she like weighed her, like did everything, sent in her supper, birth certificate and social security, all the things. So anyway, so that was the birth experience. And yeah, I think since I've started kind of talking about this, various people have kind of reached out, just asking different questions about it, you know, of like, would you suggest a water birth, but you suggest a birth center, like maybe they're trying to decide what they want to do. And I think the biggest thing, and I talked about this a little bit on Instagram for anyone who followed those stories, they're under the June highlight, but I don't think that there's any like best way to give birth whatsoever. I think that it, for me, I followed what gave me the least amount of anxiety. Um, I think going through the hospital experience 
the medical side of it gave me a lot of anxiety, a lot of like the poking and the machines and, you know, all of the things I know for some people that not having that gives them anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. They want to know what all of the stats are, what's going on with the baby, what's whatever. I just really wanted something that was a little bit more hands off. And so I could really feel in my body what was going on. And Mm -hmm. that made me feel more empowered for myself and how I process um, change and pain. And I I just know myself enough to be like, I think that this would be the best route for me. I really felt like I wanted to have, uh, June kind of led me to the water birth situation, but I feel really safe in water. Like that's where I go. If I'm having an emotional meltdown or it's been a hard day or like whatever, I go take a bath and that's just a really nice reset. So I was like, I really think I'm going to enjoy this modality. Some people don't even like baths. Mm -hmm. So, you know, where it's like, I love a bath. I lived in a bath my entire pregnancy. And so that all made a lot of sense to me. But when people, you know, have asked me, would you choose this or that? I'm like, you, I think the best plan is whatever gives you the least amount of anxiety and makes you feel the most empowered in your experience. And I think a lot of times, just like when people get married in the mother-in-law or the mom or friends or whatever, like you need to have it at this venue or you don't have it here because then your cousin can't come or whatever. And you start listening to these other experiences and then feeling like you have to do something that isn't intuitively yours to hold. I think when you give birth, it is your experience and, um, you won't regret doing what you feel is best. Like, when you find a provider that you're like, I don't gel with this person or I do like, you need to not go with whatever is just like recommended or what someone tells you you should do or Mm -hmm. what's best. Like you really have to follow, like, what do I want for this experience? What do I want for my kid? What, what, how do I want to feel about this? And that could go in so many different ways. I know one of my friends, um, had a C-section with a doula And she was talking about how it was the most incredible thing she's ever experienced. That it was like, she knew the date that it was going to happen. She went in, they had a meditation playlist going. She like had an eye mask. Like she was like, I feel like I was at the spa and had this birth that I really wanted. And I was so incredibly happy for her that she got exactly what she wanted. And that gave her the least amount of anxiety. So I just say that for anyone who is giving birth, thinking about giving birth, thinking about becoming pregnant, whatever. Um, yeah, I want to jump in here too. supporting a friend in that. Yeah. Yes, I want to jump in here too because I also want to like shout out my high-risk mamas or those that don't aren't going to be a candidate for some medical reason for some of the births that we're outlining. It can still be magical and empowering and woo-woo and spiritual, and it can still have elements of stuff that you really want present at your birth. I'm really like passionate about that this time. If I know anything about birth, it's a lot of things cannot go to plan, and that can be hard for somebody that's a planner or someone that is really uncomfortable in the unknown. I think that's almost a unanimous experience, but I think it's healthy to have um, preferences on what you want things to happen, but then just 
kind of knowing that things aren't always going to go to plan. And then Mm -hmm. also not feeling, because for me, I'm navigating this feeling of like, my first was so insane. And the second one I'm hoping is full term and no Nick, you stay and all these other things. Right. So I do, I have, I have hope that this is going to be a healing experience for me, but I just know that I have to, I have to have, look at this in a different light and that can make me sad if I get too far deep into it but it really doesn't have to be so I'm like here to support the ones that know they just have to have a hospital birth for some reason or another and they're just like it's just not an option for me because I am here to try to pioneer with us or Mm -hmm. at least um if you'll stick with us until the end of July when I can pop on and talk about my experience I would love to shine light on a more traditional hospital birth and how that Mm -hmm. can still be really have elements of it like she was saying like about yeah, her friend right had exactly because yeah because she that was her second c-section and her first one was really traumatic and so she was able to be like okay i'm surrendering to you know this second one but i want to bring in elements that make it feel like me yeah and so even like bringing in that she had a doula and like you know sound bowls on her uh, headphones and just different things and like having essential oils going or like whatever. Um, after obviously you can't have that in the actual room, but just, she was able to add in elements to feel like, okay, this is, this is for me and this feels really good. And so, yeah, I think no matter, um, what your situation is, just following what feels good for you and what gives you the least amount of anxiety and surrounding yourself with only the people um, for your birth experience that give you that feeling. Yes. One of the things that my midwife was talking to me about was like, who's going to be in the birth room was, she said, I don't want anyone in there that isn't going to give you the exact feeling you need for your birth. They can see you after. Right. Like if you have any anxiety about a single person being in there, including her, like she was like, if you want me like out of the room until I actually need to do this, or if you want me in and out, like Mm -hmm. this is your story and your experience. So please do not um, accommodate for things that give you anxiety unnecessarily. Yes. And, um, and so I just want to say that too, of like, you don't need to feel the pressure to have your sister in there. If like, you think that's going to give you anxiety, like it's, it's really okay to say, Hey, this is how I, I need this to go for me and my birth partner or myself or, you know, whatever it is. So Yeah, I totally agree. I also know that in a medical environment, at least my experience, it can be really vulnerable and hard to advocate for yourself because you feel like Mm -hmm. you're just going with the motions and you are, they're the ones that went to school for this and they're sort of like moving things along. And sometimes it can be really hard to intervene and be like, wait, I want to talk about this or wait, this is actually not what I wanted because you feel Mm -hmm. really meek. And so if I have any pointers for that, definitely tell your partner or your husband, or um, if you're, if you're drawn to getting a doula or a birth support person, definitely tell them like, Hey, I, if given an option, I do want these things present so that they can be the voice with you. If that sounds mm-hmm. good. And don't or, feel silly about asking for whatever you need. Like mm-hmm. it's you I, I, don't you get know? to redo it. And it's, it is your birth. Like I'm currently going through this whole thing of, in a hospital setting, sometimes it can be kind of about the schedule and about business. It's sort of this 
this way of like, they might, I'm not going to say every hospital or every provider or anything, but they might try to get things moving along because it's easier than having you labor and like not somebody else have Mm -hmm. that bed. And so I just have some sensitivity surrounding my uh, ability to empower myself that I'm hoping that I can conquer this time. So anyways, however, and that makes so much sense. Like for the first birth, that's why I'm like, man, education is everything because especially for your first, you just don't know. And so I think even listening to podcasts or, you know, just educating yourself to be able to make as many decisions as you can for yourself, whatever your situation is and, and knowing what's available to you is just really helpful. And, um, but yeah, I just, I feel so it was, I had a really, really tough pregnancy. Like I think rougher than I even like, ever wanted to let on. I was, it was just really mentally hard for me. My birth with Levi was harder, but my pregnancy was easier with him. My pregnancy with June was really hard. I felt really hormonally off. I was really worried about that for postpartum stuff. And, um, and so just creating the support that I needed in that as well, um, that, you know, it's, like some things can go the way you want and some things don't. And it's just all part of the journey. And, but I just feel so happy she's here and she's just so sweet and great. And I wanted to make a little aside for like postpartum stuff, uh, was I, so when I gave birth to Levi, I was in Trinidad and it was before I had made friends there. Um, I made friends after I, had him or like towards the end of my pregnancy, but I didn't have good friends there yet. And I didn't have any family and it was like a world pandemic. So I didn't have a support system after birth of kind of that transition and something that was, has been so unexpected. I just, but I didn't know any better. Like I had never given birth before. So I didn't expect a meal train. I didn't expect like people to drop by things or anything. Cause I'd never had any of that. And so there's something that's been so incredibly sweet with this um, pregnancy and, you know, since she's been here of people, really just even the smallest gestures of, I live in a neighborhood where there's older, a lot of my um, neighbors are older and they've just dropped by like, you know, here's a gift card to a place to get food or, you know, they've dropped by flowers or different friends have sent, you know, like a meal or, you know, when we had the baby shower, like I never had a real baby shower for Levi. So it's like even having a baby shower where I know it, it seems like, oh, you're just giving someone an outfit or, you know, whatever. But to me to be in this like very tender transition, I feel like cry. The, to be in this like tender transition, I feel so held by having such like amazing support around me in like the big and small ways of even just when I'm like putting something on June in the morning and being like, oh, this isn't just even something I bought. It's like your auntie is loving on you by this outfit or these socks you're wearing or um, the bassinet you're sleeping in. Like we, a friend of mine, uh, let us borrow her bassinet. And it's just everything about this time. I just feel really held. And I think that because I never experienced that previously, 
it makes me really want to be intentional when someone has a baby or when someone's going through a transition to just like send a card or send a meal or something. Like I always thought of that. It's just like, oh, this is a nicety, you know, like, oh, like, great. I'll sign up for a meal train or great. I'll do whatever. But when I sit down at the table and I'm just like cross-eyed tired from being up all night with a baby and like balancing a toddler and healing and whatever. And someone has a meal sent to my door and I'm like, I'm not having to like be in the kitchen trying to figure this out in the middle of this. I feel like it is so much bigger than a meal. Oh my gosh. And, and you'll never forget it too. Like, no, when, no, when I, it's, it's honestly like stands out to me so much. Oh my God. I could like really cry. But when Wyatt was in the NICU for six weeks, one of my friends started a meal train and she like put it on Facebook and the first hour, six weeks of dinners. Oh my God. I'm like crying. <laughs> six weeks of dinners. were just, just, uh, sorry, hold on. Sorry. You're good. Uh, my dog kicked my microphone totally off. Like <laughs> pl- the plug was off. But yeah, my friend like made a meal train link, and within within an an hour six weeks were handled for me, and it was just like oh my gosh, like the overwhelming support is just you'll never forget it. It's such a tense no. time to have a baby, and even everything's fine. Like June is just thriving, and she's so sweet and snuggly, and even. Uh, your breastfeeding journey is going a lot better than it did with the first. And mm-hmm. like, that's been healing for you. So it's like, it's not even like, and you've even said emotionally, you feel pr- like as good as you're going to feel <laughs> this fresh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But just knowing that so many of your friends are like, I've got you and your family is just like there to support you and locally available that you didn't have when you were across the country or across the world. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, you won't ever forget it. You'll always look back fondly at this time. And if you guys are feeling just like lack of support and just feeling like, well, I don't know where my community is and I just, I don't feel, I don't feel connected, you know, maybe reach out to someone you do trust to be like, hey, can you just come over and be with me? Like you can, I know it feels so vulnerable and maybe that is as I'm talking, you're like, no, I'm not going to be doing that. But just don't feel embarrassed to reach out and be like, hey, I do need a little pat on the back here. You know, Mm -hmm. people might not know that. And if you've never had a baby, you don't really know how tender the time is until you've gone through it. And then you're like, wow, that mom is fresh. Like, you know that feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I love that Kendall's using this beautiful time that she's feeling held to be like, this is my reminder that I want to do this for other people in my life. Yeah. No, because I just, I didn't know you know, even when other friends have had babies or I just, I, because I had never experienced being on the side of receiving it, how powerful it is that it makes, it makes me sad that I didn't do more, um, for others, because especially when, and I'm sure like there are people who look on my Instagram and like, Oh, she's doing great. And everything's fine. And like, whatever. And that's how everyone's going to look after, they've gone through something, whether that's something to celebrate or something that you're mourning. Right. And, but I think that the the people that have shown up through the season of like us losing a baby and then gaining a baby and not, not doing it from a texting being like, Hey, what can I do for you? And then putting it on me to like, say what I need, like literally just being like, Hey, I'm sending you coffee. Yeah, or I'm bringing a meal and like just dropping it on your doorstep, like whatever is is 
the essence of just love and community. And it, I am so touched in a way that I can't explain of that support. And so if you are listening to this and you're like, oh, my friend just had a baby or like whatever, even just sending, like, it doesn't have to be a financial thing. Like one of my friends sent me a card and was just like, I'm so proud of you. And like thinking of you during this time of transition and you know, whatever. And I hung her words up on where my pantry is to just see it and being like, this is so touching for, to feel that you in this tender time, having just like dropped off the end of the world too. And like, you know, so I just say that as encouragement and that's something that I want to be better at because I it's, it's been so incredible and like such a pleasant surprise that I wasn't expecting. So anyways, I, yeah, I'm like so glad that we talked about this. Cause I already told Angela, I was like every day, it feels like I've lived a whole life in the last two weeks where I'm like, Oh my gosh, what even I'm not, what even was birth. Um, so I'm just so glad that we were able to like take this time and just talk about it and, and have it audio recorded. And I hope that any of this was helpful for anyone else. There, there's so many details that we obviously couldn't get into. I mean, this is already like an hour and a half, but, (laughs) um, if there's anything that, you know, Angela and I have had different experiences and some of a lot of the same experiences, whatever, but if there's anything that either of us have experienced that you want to reach out, and be like, I need some support with this, or maybe like some more details, or um, how did you navigate this? Like, we are so open for that. And I just want to know that, like, we're here to support you in that, and that this is like our individual stories, but we know it's so much bigger because um, these are big transitions that a lot of people are going through. And there's a lot of, you know, different experiences that are listening into this. So if we can yeah. be a, of any help at all, like, please reach out to us. You can just Instagram us and I'll chat with you. Holler at your ladies. And until further notice, we will be hormonally mushy. (laughs) Oh yeah. We are like goop city. (laughs) Like anything in me and Kendall's text conversation is like, and then in the shower, I was crying about my baby's name. And she's like, June moved her head and she looked like Levi. And no, it's, it's honestly, it vacillates between like manic and mush town. So we it's it's tender hopefully this will just give us some like really good material but it's (laughs) we're unhinged we are uh but yeah i'm i'm like so thankful we're here and snaps for angela's pregnancy we're like so excited so congratulate her and this is like a big long road that she's been on and I'm just so excited for you, babe. Like Me too. this is Me so awesome. Too. Things are, I'm really, things are looking up. 2023 is coming up all Ange and Ken, honestly. Yeah. So good things coming. Good things coming. All right. Awesome. Thank you all for listening to us and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.